But I do have a serious question for you. Seriously, a very serious question. And I want you to really be honest with yourself here this morning. You know, what we saw is operation of the Holy Spirit. I hope you've been declaring similar things over your household. And similar things over your communities. And similar things over our state and nation. Because there's choices, right? There's always choices. What is life? Life is a series of choices. Is it not? Uh, my question to you this morning, the serious question, is do you know Jesus? And I'm not talking about know about him. I'm not talking about a head knowledge. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about whether you believe if the Jesus of the Bible existed. That's not what I'm talking about. The evidence is overwhelming that he existed and did all the things the Bible says. If you want a lifetime's worth of work, go look at the evidence. It's overwhelming. But what I'm talking to you about is do you know him? Or there is one whale of a difference. Listen, I know about Robert E. Lee. He's one of my heroes. He's one of the most genteel, smartest people on the face of the earth in his time. I don't know if you all know this, but Abraham Lincoln wanted to make him the commander of the Union Army. I mean, the top general. Why wouldn't he do it? He wouldn't abandon his homeland of Virginia. See, people believed in states' rights back in those days instead of a central government. Robert E. Lee made a choice. He made a choice. Didn't he? And you know him in a very different way than the commander of the Union Army today by history. Uh, I don't know if you know how well respected he was in his day, but very much so. And that maybe puts you on a different way of thinking, right? But I know about Robert E. Lee. I know some of the history that's been told about Robert E. Lee. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but Arlington Cemetery belonged. That was his land. Now I'm going to give you something that will blow your mind. He gave that for American soldiers to be buried on. Both sides of the Civil War. Maybe that gives you a different perspective. But I don't know Robert E. Lee. I've never had supper with him. We've never had morning coffee together. He doesn't come to the coffee shop. He's got a better one in heaven. So he doesn't come. But I'm talking about I know about Robert E. Lee. 
but I don't know Robert E. Lee. You understand what I'm saying? There's no way that I could because I was born nearly a hundred years after his time. We were born 2,000 years after Jesus Christ did his work. But we can know him. And I mean know him intimately, personally. But it's a choice. It's a choice you make. Do you want everything the Lord has for you or you just want enough religion that your family gets off your back? That's a good question, isn't it? Because it's all a choice. And choices we make build our lives. Choices we make build our lives. You can choose to live in fear. You know, one of the things I look out here among our uh, congregation, and I haven't seen one face mask. I don't own one. And one of the reasons I don't own one is because I know him. And I walk in the power of his resurrection. I am not trying to be in rebellion against anyone. That's not the point. The point is, I know whom I have believed in. And am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've entrusted to him for that day. And that day is coming. It is coming soon for every one of us. Now, I'm not talking about the end of the world. I'm talking about Jesus coming to you and being all in all, all in all, all in all. You have a choice. Do you want to live in fear or do you want to live in faith? You have a choice. Do you want to know Jesus or do you want to know about him? I would say if you want to know him, stick around. You will. If you want to know about him, go to seminary. I'm I'm saying that, and I don't care if you're offended by it. Honestly, I don't. Because there's so much difference in power. There's so much difference in power than head knowledge. What did Paul say? I didn't come to you with a demonstration of head knowledge. I came to you in the demonstration of the spirit and power. Okay. So, choices are important. What choices are you making? Now, I'm talking about, I'm talking to me as much as I'm talking to you, okay? What choices are you making? Are you currently living in fear? Are you afraid the virus is going to get you? Well, 
It might. There are hundreds of thousands of cases where people have the virus but have no symptoms. And they're not spreaders either, from what you've not been told. Okay? Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. You have a choice. You can listen to that fear-mongering all day long, or you can know Jesus. And you can walk in His grace. Let me give you a code word that some Christians are using right now. It's called wisdom. Code word for fear. That's what it is. Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to go rub our faces in, the, uh, in someone's face that's had COVID. That's crazy sauce. I'm not talking about that. Is the virus real? Yes. Is the hype around it real? Yes. There's a whole lot of stuff that's real in the earthly sense. But does it have power over you? How well do you know the Word of God? Are you using it as a weapon? Or is there fear-mongering used against you as a weapon? Hmm. So how do we approach this? There's a whole lot of crazy stuff going on right now in our country. A whole lot of lies being told. A whole lot of stuff that's not right. So how do we deal with that? You know, I wanted to come to you because the Lord asked me something very plainly about today. <laughs> I was so blessed by what just happened in worship because, uh, you know what he told me? He said, are you thankful? Are you thankful for this virus? I said, no, I'm not. For what it's done to people, I, I'm not thankful for that. How could you be? He said, oh, but what about the time you get to spend with your family now? You're not thankful for that? How about the change of priority for everyone? Everybody's had their priorities changed. They've had to. Because you haven't had a choice in a lot of it. And do you think that was an accident? Well, maybe it was. By the people with their earthly intentions. But I don't think it was an accident by our Heavenly Father. So, I want to read to you Philippians 4, 6. And we're going to get into the heart of what we're talking about here. So what kind of choices are you making? And Philippians 4, 6, and this is in the New Living, in case you uh, want to follow along, says, don't worry about anything. Now, hey, I didn't make that up. That's the Word of God. Okay? So if you think I'm going to worry about this stupid coronavirus... And all these monkeys having fits and throwing fire at the federal agents, you got another thought coming. I'm not worrying about it because I know who's in charge. 
And I don't mean President Trump. I mean the Lord of glory. He's in charge. He's large and in charge. Uh, now, this is the guy who'd been through some stuff writing this. His name was Paul. And he says, don't worry about anything. How much does anything cover? Anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead. Oh, we got a choice now. Here's instead. What does instead mean? I don't worry. Instead... I do something else. What do I do? I pray about everything. I pray to the one who can do something about it. Do you believe he can do something about it? Pray. Every, about everything. Tell God what you need. Like I said... I didn't write it. There it is. What do you need? And thank him for all he has done. What has he done? He has made you free from the law of sin and death. And you don't have that worry anymore. He's made you free from the goofy stuff that happens around you. But will you choose to be free? See, there is no such a slave as a one who chooses slavery in their own mind. They tell about the stories of these large 900-pound gorillas that are so used to being caged that they leave the cages open because they won't go out. Because they've been trained. We stay in here. Birds, the same thing. People do that to themselves. They make that choice. This is, my, this is my limits. These are my limits. The most dangerous part of that is you putting limits on God. Because guess what? He doesn't have any. But He has limits in your life because you put them there. But what does it say? Don't worry about anything. Instead. Instead what? Pray about everything. That's what it says. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Now you can choose to be in fear. You can choose to be in faith. You can choose a lot of stuff. But will you choose to be thankful? Will you choose thanksgiving? Because you can have an attitude of thankfulness and not be operating in thanksgiving. Did you know that? It's important. The Bible talks about it a lot. Way a whole lot. And I'm going to uh, get us here and I want to show you some things about that in thanksgiving. Our example is who? Christ Jesus, right? He gave thanksgiving when? Right before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Father, I thank you that you hear me. Now, we have God talking to God here. 
Father, I thank you that you hear me. Have you ever thanked the Father for hearing you? Jesus did. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. He also thanked him before he fed the 5,000. Father, I thank you. And it multiplied as it was distributed. But you got to move. You got to be thankful. Uh, Here's another example. The heavenly host. When you look at Revelation, what do you see when you see the throne room of God? Worship and thanksgiving. That's what you see. Worship and thanksgiving. It says, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped in thankfulness, in thanksgiving. So your worship is part of thanksgiving. I want our worship team to come right up here right, right quick, right now. If you would, please. Don't, don't be shy about it. Come on. And I want us... To be thankful for them. Because they lead us in thankfulness. They lead us into a place. But you have a choice. You do. You have a choice. You can follow these wonderful people in worship. Like this guy. And like this guy. And like these gals here. You can follow them into worship. Thank you. Thank you for leading us into worship. Thank you for... You know, I want to tell you something. All week long, all week long, I can hear their praise. It just wells up in my soul and I hear their praise. And it's a glorious thing. It is. <laughs> Y'all can have a seat if you can. And um, thank you. Thank you to our worship team. Because they lead us to a place of His presence. In a more tangible form. Now I'm not telling you you can't be in His presence without them. You can Anytime you wish. But think about, I want you to think about, does that well up in your, in your soul during the week? How thankful we are for him, him, Jesus, the Holy Ghost in our lives. The presence of the Father. I mean... We're not talking about, uh, you know, somebody dropped off a little package for us, and aren't we glad? We're talking about giving life, eternal life, God's kind of life, uncreated life that can never die.
Are you thankful for that? I am. In Revelations 11, 17, they say, We give thanks to you, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and who always was. And for now, you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. Now, I want to tell you something. God won't reign in your life unless you let him. He won't. He's not going to break your door down and make you abandon fear and live in faith. He won't do that. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. Again, back to those choices. Are we choosing thankfulness? We're commanded to give thanksgiving. Psalms 50.12 says we are commanded to give thanksgiving. And this is how it says. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. I didn't write that. You get on the shepherd boy David. He's the one that wrote that. The man that was after God's own heart. And he says it's a good thing. Psalms 92.1 says a song to be sung on the Sabbath day says it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. Are we doing that? Are you doing that at home? Are you waiting for Sunday? I say you can do it on the days that aren't Sabbaths. Guess what? Jesus is our Sabbath. We don't do days anymore. We do Jesus. Amen. And thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. The unspeakable gift of Christ. Think where you would be today without the gift of Christ Jesus in your life. Where would you be? Where would I be? I don't want to think about it. That's not, a, that's not a place I want to entertain. That's something I've left behind many years ago. First uh, Timothy 1.12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do whose work? His work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Can you be thankful for that? I'm sure thankful for that. Because now I have a purpose. I have a purpose that goes far beyond what I can do physically. Goes far beyond what I can do mentally. Goes far beyond my circle of friends. Goes far beyond my circle of community. It's eternal. It's in the heavens. It's like we were saying earlier, all this demon mess that we're seeing going on is under our feet. Do you realize it's under your feet? 
Are you thankful that it's under your feet? I believe you are, or you wouldn't be here. Let me say first, this is Paul talking again. The guy that, he's like Tonto. Every time he went to town, he had the snot beat out of him. That's the truth. Poor old Paul. He, he tells you about it in Corinthians over there. If you want to go read it, it's, uh, it's a pretty long list. Now, he's shipwrecked. He's been beaten with rods. All that kind of stuff. It is ugly. You know, praise God, I've never been beaten with rods for Christ's sake. I have been handcuffed, but I have not been beaten with rods. Let me say first, I thank my God through Christ Jesus for all of you. Because your faith in Him is being talked about all over the world. Did you realize your faith is talked about all over the world? Are you thankful for that? Why do you think the United States is the leader of the world? You think it's our economics? Give me a break. Our economics go up and down and sideways and all kinds of which ways, especially since we have these burgermeisters or whatever they are in charge of our money. But Christ Jesus... Is why we lead the world. That's why we lead the world. And I'm not saying that we could do it without him. It's impossible. And he says in Colossians 3.17, he says, And whatever you do or say, whatever you do or say, I believe that includes everything. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus by doing what? Giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Now, how do you give thanks through Christ Jesus? Ever wondered that? It's real easy because you're in union with Him. He's not separate from you. You are Him. Here's Jesus in His gym form right here. Here's Jesus in His Brent form right over here. Quit separating yourself from Christ because you're not separate from Him. That's how you do it. You just give thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord because we're in Him. We're not separate from Him. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 5.20. And you say, ah, oh, give thanks for everything. I'm not very thankful for some stuff. Let's be honest, you know. I'll lose a bunch of money. I'm not thankful for that. Hello? If uh, people find me for parking my car in a spot I didn't know I was supposed to not be in, I'm not thankful for that. Are you? Here's the deal. In everything, 
I'm not separated from him. And everything, I'm not separated from him. And everything, I am not separated from him. I am in him in everything. That's why I can give thanks. You know, that's, all that stuff is temporary. All that stuff is temporary. Your money, your car, your house, your clothes. It's all temporary. Your pet. You know, I'm getting real with you. Get down here where the cows eat the cabbage. And it is nothing you have or possess is going with you. Look around the room, see the people here, and that's all that's going to heaven from this old place. That's it. So you can be thankful to God in a lot of things. Now, why would we be thankful? Well, why would we not be thankful, I think, is a better question. Uh, and I'm going to help us a little bit right here. The reason I started here to some degree is uh, Daniel 6.10. Daniel 6.10. Y'all knew who Daniel was? He was the great prophet of the Old Testament. The reason that the wise men knew to look for Jesus was Daniel. That's why they came from the east and from afar. Yeah. They weren't firemen, even though you might think they were. But, uh, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, and that was the law that you only prayed to the king, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he always had done, giving thanks to his God. Let me ask you something. Are we giving thanks to our God in spite of being told we're not free in this country anymore? In spite of courts ruling against our First Amendment? Are we listening to them? I hope you're not. Because they don't have the authority over you. You have the authority over them. I hope you're not. You see, here's an example of what Daniel did right here. And you know what happened to Daniel? He died an old age. Not in the lion's den. Not in any other way. But you know what he never did? He never quit thanking his God. Who is our God? In public worship, we give thanks. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. That's Psalms 35, 18. Guess who wrote that? David. David was subject to a wicked king that wanted to kill him. But what did he do? He gave thanks to God. Amen. 
all the time. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and we can read a lot around chapter 5, but we're going to focus in on this one, voice, one uh, verse. Let me encourage you to read that chapter. It'll bless you. But we're looking at verse 18 right now. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances. How many circumstances? All circumstances. Are you in a circumstance right now? You're not supposed to be under a circumstance because he made you the head, not the tail. He made you above and not beneath. What are you doing under a circumstance? Quit thinking with earthly thought. Okay? Quit doing that to yourself. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I didn't write that. You can be mad at me if you want. I don't care. I'm going by what it says. In everything, give thanks. All circumstances. So, uh, we're supposed to be Thankful for all things. When we complete something. Have you completed a great undertaking this year? Some of you have bought homes. Some of you have chosen a different career. Some of you have had that kid that was wayward come home. Some of you had grandchildren. Yes, thank you Jesus. And some of you have matured and grown in Christ Jesus, which I will say is the most important on the list. Uh, I think the grandchildren thing might be right under there, but anyway. Um, so, but what are we thinking about? What are we choosing to dwell on? Are we choosing to dwell on thankfulness? Do we know who our God is? Do we know Christ Jesus? Do we know Him? Or do we know Him? See, the Bible's written in an e from an Eastern world standpoint. When they say no, like no, in the West we have this conceptual knowledge. We know in our mind about stuff. You know, what is two and two? Well, it's four. But that's different if you get two apples here and two apples there, you got four apples, right? That's experiential knowledge of four apples, right? When the Bible talks about knowing something, they mean you've experienced it. They don't mean that uh, you know about it in your head like I know Robert E. Lee. They mean you've actually experienced him. Has Christ Jesus come in and have you supped with him? If you have, you will be thankful because you can't be nothing else. You will give thanksgiving because you can't do anything else.
What are we thankful for? For the goodness of God and His great mercy on us. We're about to partake of the table. The table of life, I like to call it. Because Jesus gave His life for us. This is His body and this is His blood. Can you be thankful for that? If you can't be, don't come up here. I'm telling you that for your own good. Now, everyone's welcome at the communion table. Now, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, examine your heart. Examine your heart. Where is Christ Jesus in your thinking? Because you can have stinking thinking and be trapped in the world. Or you can have Christ thinking and have no limits. This is up to you. Will you live with the attitude of gratitude? You have a choice. We're back to choices again. We can be grateful or we can be hateful. But you're going to be one of the two. So choose grateful. Choose life, not death. And where you choose that mostly is right here in between your ears. But like I said, if you know Jesus here, it'll start affecting this thing. But if you know him here, it don't always affect this thing. So if you know Jesus, you've supped with him. You know that you know. You know in your knower. You cannot help but be grateful. Whoever's doing the communion, would you come? And uh, let's do that. Marion's coming here. He's on his way up. And for right now, I want to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord Jesus, we come to you giving you great praise and honor and glory because without you we're nothing. But in you, we have everything. And nothing is beyond us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen.